good morning, everybody. Man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, as I was sitting in the front row today, it's beautiful when like a sermon comes to fruition right in front of your eyes. As I was sitting there and thinking about what I was going to preach about today, uh, we're going to talk about compassion. The Holy Spirit was guiding me and telling me, Mike, throw away that sermon you spent five hours writing this week. And I said, I don't know about that, God. <laughs> because I got to tell you, I was so moved with the examples of what I'm going to be talking about, you guys are already displaying. And what I mean by that is this. We're going to learn a couple things today. Uh, and the first is that, like, that when we talk about compassion and the way Jesus showed compassion in Mark was that he was moved by compassion. He was moved to action, all right? And we'll talk about what that, what the word compassion even means, but when we show compassion on somebody, we're so moved by their need that we actually do something, right? We're moved to help them. We're moved to do something. And hearing about Vern and, and the need of the ramp and Austin and the Covingtons building that for them, but also just checking on the people of Christ and all the things we're doing as a church, we're, we're moved with compassion, that sermon writes itself. And so I want to encourage you guys that we're doing some good things here, right? The moving with compassion, man, there's no beating that. And then another great example um, we're going to talk about is another way that Jesus, you know, one of the big ways that Jesus was moved with compassion was he taught us about prayer. Like there are, there are some opportunities we can't do something physically. Like for sure, there'd be no way I'd be building anything, right? <laughs> we, we want Vern actually to be able to go down that ramp, and that wasn't happening if I was building it. Um, but there is one thing we can do, and Jesus taught us we can pray, right? So if compassion is action, we have to know that prayer is action. And I thought about too, about what Nay said about just thankful that we're a praying church we're already showing the things that I'm going to talk about today. And I did want to give our church some encouragement that we're doing some good things. And that as we help each other out and as we pray for people, those are the things that Jesus did as the examples he gave uh, for showing compassion. Now, for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Mike Sells, and I'm the Director of Adult Ministry and Discipleship here. And... Uh, as Tyler, a lot of good things, confirmations going on, and Pastor Andrew is getting some rest, and so uh, I was called to actually preach to you guys today, and I'm like, heck yes, I'll start off on Mark chapter 1, and only because I've been spending the last month like studying it, I've been working on those videos for the small groups, and so I've just been on a lot of research and a lot of commentaries and reading a lot of things, so like at least the first six weeks and first six chapters of Mark, I've got a pretty good understanding, and so it was really easy for me to say, heck yeah, I'll preach, <laughs> I already know what's going on. Um, now, one of the cool things about understanding and knowing about compassion and already knowing about uh, through our guidebook this week, our Mark guidebook that many of you bought, the first, the first sermon is compassion. And um, over the last month, I've had some really good opportunities to meditate on it, but also to see compassion in action. All right? Because, I've, because it's been in the back of my mind, I've been able to see things that have been happening around me, as well as I think God has been giving me opportunities then also to show compassion. 
I want to tell you about a story. I was uh, driving on Blair's Ferry Road on Monday morning, and we were at the corner, Blair's Ferry, and I guess it's Center Point Road. And I'm in the right-hand lane, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm about five cars back, and see the green light happen, and we don't move. All right? You want to talk about, and right away, God's like, show compassion, Mike. Don't be hawking your horn. Don't be... But I knew, like, something was going on. I, I assumed there was a broken-down car, you know. And so after the row of cars on the left-hand side drove past me, I kind of wheel out. And the minute I get out, I see what's going to happen play out before me. I know I am the last car that's going to get the red light and put me face-to-face with the broken-down car. Now, I want to tell you, that's the most terrifying thing for me because I couldn't fix a car. Like, I could bump a tire, and I could be empathetic with them and say, it's broken, (laughs) but that's about all they're going to get from me. And I knew that was going to happen. So I pull up, and I look to them, and they're looking at me. Holy Spirit, guess what? Mike, you got to do something. So I pull into the gas station, and I'm still thinking, what am I going to do? I'm going to pop the hood and look at it and shake my head and not be able to fix anything. And as I take my first steps, and I look up, It was like the hand of God had come down and fixed my problem before me because, praise the Lord, somebody else had already popped the hood and was fixing the car. (sighs) It was like those movies where like a light shines down just perfectly and I saw these little cherub angels floating. (sighs) Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Now, what I wanted to kind of get out of that story and I kind of already alluded to it, the first point we're going to be talking about is that compassion is action, right? Now, I could have ignored the situation. And let's be honest, like, we have ignored situations. Like, we don't stop for every broken-down car on the interstate, right? But there are times when God puts you in the situation where we have to be obedient. And I knew that I was the last car at the red light, and I'm looking at the people. That's my opportunity to be obedient. And that was, like, the decision I had to make. Um, So, you know, I think it's time. Let's dive into our scripture before we go any further. We're going to be in the New Living Translation today um, because I love the wordings that they use. And I think it's actually, you know, New Living Translation can be a little slippery slope sometimes. But the way that they um, wrote this, I think, is just right on target and really beautiful. So we're going to be in Mark 1, and we're going to be at the end of that. uh, And mine, it talks about Jesus heals a man with leprosy. And we're going to be starting in verse 40. Now, there's a couple of things I want you guys to really pay attention to, and one of them is the term moved with compassion. All right? And the second thing, when we get to it, I'm going to draw your attention to, is like, like what Brenda alluded to, is that Jesus was moved to compassion by his actions. All right, verse 40. A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, the leper says, I know you can heal me and make me clean, he said. And moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. Now instantly the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Then Jesus sent him on his way with a stern warning. He says, don't tell anybody about what happened. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. 
take along the offering that is required in the law of Moses for those that have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony for you that you have been cleansed. Man didn't listen and went and spread the word anyhow, proclaiming to everyone what had happened. And as a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. He had to stay out in the secluded places. But people anyhow came from everywhere and they kept coming to him. Would you pray with me? Lord God, as we open up your word today and its understanding and meaning, let us have ears to hear, Lord God, and a heart to see the truths that come from these scriptures. We do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I want to break apart this piece by piece, and I'm going to start in verse 40. And verse 40 says, A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging him to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Now, I think there's two interesting things about this scripture. The first is the man is begging to be healed. Can you imagine the suffering somebody has to go through to beg someone to heal them? All right. As Brenda said, we don't talk about leprosy much in the 21st century anymore, but it's still pretty difficult to heal. It's like a medication regimen, multiple antibiotics, multiple steroids, and it can take like up to six months, even with the technology we had today. Back then, there was no cure. It was like through the grace of God, that was the cure. Now, it doesn't say it specifically in the scripture, but we can also infer if I'm begging to be healed, I got to be in a lot of pain, right? And true, leprosy can be very, very painful. Now, What's really also interesting is that beyond being painful, it also looked really bad, all right? Like how uncomfortable Bailey was with that little clown puppet up here. If I showed you a picture of leprosy, you'd all turn and run for the door because it's not a pretty thing to deal with. There were huge open sores on people and they were disfigured, okay? Now, what's second thing is interesting is that he says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. You can heal me. Okay? Now, what's good about that is, right there, this man begging to be healed because he is so painful, because he looks terrible, knows that Jesus Christ is the only one who can heal him. They didn't have the antibiotics. They did not have the steroids. And it was like a death sentence for these people who had leprosy, seeing that he was the son of God, the leper said, you can heal me. Now, what's really sad about being painful and sore is that, check this out, it it amazed me when I found this out. When I started looking at leprosy, it drew me to Leviticus chapter 13 and 14, and hear this, there are two full chapters, two on how to treat skin diseases. Now there's tons like rashes and leprosy and bugs got underneath your skin, but for it to have two full chapters in Leviticus on how to treat it, how to separate these people, and what to happen if they don't heal themselves and all this stuff, you can imagine it was a big deal in Jesus' time. Now if it was a simple rash, but most of the time it was, these people were isolated for seven days 
All right? There were these little leper colonies on the outside of every town, and they had to go, and they were separated from people. Now, after that seven days, they had to come back to the priest. The priest would take a look at it, and if it was healed, as the Scripture said, they had to give an offering, animal sacrifice. They had to take a bath, be cleansed. And that was the public announcement that they can come back into society because they are healed. Now, if they came back seven days later and they weren't healed, send them back to the leprechauny, wait for another seven days. They had to come back after two weeks. And sometimes, check this out, sometimes the priest would say, you're never going to be healed. You have leprosy. You're stuck in the leper colony. You're isolated from your people, the Jewish people. You no longer can come to worship. You have to stay away from everybody. And that's why the guy was begging to be healed. Now here's what it says in Leviticus 13, 45-46. Those who suffer from serious skin diseases must tear their clothing so they have to look the part like a zombie. They have to tear their clothing. They have to leave their hair uncombed. They must cover their mouth and call out, unclean, unclean. And as long as the serious disease lasts, they will be ceremoniously unclean, and they must live in isolation in their place outside the camp. Lepers were isolated from everybody. It was terrible. Now, getting back to our scripture, if you were willing, you can heal me. And Jesus, of course, heals him. He's moved with compassion. And that is our first point today. Action is compassion. And I love the way it says this in the scripture. I think it's verse 41. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out, touched him. I am willing, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Jesus reached out and touched him and was healed. There's lots of things going on there. The man was contagious, and he was infectious. I mean, Jesus is God. I know he could block that stuff off with no, you know, no problem. I'm not getting leprosy. But for anybody else, it was pretty serious. The man was isolated, ridiculed, and shamed. But Jesus touches him. Now, the reason I love that word, moved with compassion, you're going to see in different uh, translations, filled with pity, you know, moved with envy. I don't think they really encompass what that word really means. The, the term moved with compassion is this really long word that I couldn't um, pronunciate, so I decided not to add it into the sermon. But um, I thought that'd get a laugh. Come on, give me some love. There, right, thank you. <laughs> but it's not two words. It's not moved and compassion. It's one word, unseparated, like we're supposed to do it. And the second thing I think is what's interesting about the Greek word for moved compassion is it really means you're so moved with what you see or hear that you feel it in the pit of your stomach. Right? Have you ever seen something that you thought was just so, like you really, you felt so bad for the person that you felt it in the pit of your stomach? That's what the term kind of translates that. That's how powerful that this really means. That I am moved by how, I, how bad this person with leprosy has it. Now, with, without action, all right, and why I think those words are together and why they're one word, 
It's because without action, we just, we just got to call it sympathy, right? And we're not talking about sympathy today. We're talking about compassion. Now, Jesus could have said, man, that really stinks. You know, I feel really terrible for it, but hey, man, what can I do? I'm just the son of God. And he could have walked away and done nothing. But as a model for what we're supposed to do, he healed the man. I could have said, you know, I don't know anything about cars. I'm going to go ahead and drive through this light, and hopefully somebody else would do it. But in the pit of my stomach, I knew that God was calling me because I was moved with compassion on how bad it stinks to be broke down on Blairsbury Road. When you know, like, if somebody's in the hospital, maybe after surgery, and you feel really terrible for them, or you know someone has cancer, and you feel really terrible for them, but just do nothing, that's sympathy. All right? But if you do what Jesus did, and you're called to help them out, and stop and help that person, and build a ramp, make somebody dinner, visit them in the hospital, visit them at their home. For kids, if we ever see that one person sitting alone at the lunch table, it's sympathy to say, oh man, I feel bad for that person. But it's compassion then to sit with that person. There are opportunities every day we can see in the schools, kids, to move with compassion. And then in verse 43 and 44, it says, Jesus sent him on his way with a stern warning. Don't tell anybody about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required of the law of Moses for those that have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. What did Jesus do? Jesus followed the law. He followed Leviticus 13 and 14. Jesus knew the law. He didn't want to break the law. So he told the man to follow Jewish law and do what he's supposed to do. Go back to the priest. Let him check you out. Let him know that you've been healed. Take your bath. And let, give your animal sacrifice. And the people will know that you are healed. It's a public testimony for that person that they can return to their family. They can return to their church body and all because jesus was moved with compassion compassion is action all right i want to get to our second point of today that prayer is action all right prayer is action we are a praying church and i encourage you for all the prayers that we lifted up and i know there are people at home prayer is working prayer is powerful So let me, I want to kind of step away from Mark for a second and to kind of help prove the point that prayer is action, I'm going to jump into Matthew. And I'm going to be in Matthew 9, 35 and 38. Now Jesus traveled through all the towns and the villages of the area. And he was teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. Basically, hey, I'm the Messiah, I'm here, your sins are forgiven. And here's the thing, first he was moved to compassion and he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. He was moved with compassion because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord 
who is in charge of the harvest, and ask him to send more workers into the fields. Now, what's interesting about this is the first type of action is physical, right? We actually do something. But now in verse 35 of this Matthew 9, it says that he healed every kind of disease and illness. He was already moved with compassion with his action. But then he said he saw the crowds, felt compassion on them. And why? Because they are all ill. They are all sick. They all had leprosy. No. He felt compassion on them. He was moved with that pit in his stomach. He felt so terrible for them because they were sinful and disobedient and they were destined for hell. Jesus called them confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Confused because they were, being follow- they were following the Jewish law. Confused because they were following Pharisee leaders, many of which were corrupt and insensitive self-centered, confused because the people had been taught to wait for the Messiah but couldn't see Jesus right in front of them. They were confused and lost like little sheep and Jesus was moved with compassion on them. They were helpless because they couldn't accept Jesus, their Lord and Savior. And they were helpless because they cannot get into heaven We believe this, right? Jesus is the truth, the light, and the way. To get to heaven, we have to go through him. And Jesus says, tell the disciples to pray to the Father that he will send more workers, because the workers are few and the harvest is great. Jesus is saying, my time here is short. I can't be doing all the work. I'm relying on you guys to both physically show compassion but then spiritually show compassion with your prayers. Prayer is action. If compassion is action, we must know that prayer is action. Now listen to these scriptures. I'm not going to have them up there, but just listen up. James 5.16, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. John 14, 13 through 14, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in prayer, in my name, I will do it. And Mark eleven twenty four. therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you've received it and it will be yours. There is power in prayer. Can I get an amen? There's power in prayer and prayer is action. Prayer is powerful. And prayer is compassion. When we feel it in the pit of our stomach and we're not able to move with action or the Holy Spirit didn't lead us to move into action, we have to pray. Now, we aren't always moved to compassion, right? We all have different spiritual gifts. We all have different things in our heart that like really affect us. For me, it's the homeless I've been helping out with Willis Dady and Cedar Rapids because I have a call for homeless people. Some of you have a call to hunger and help out with the fly program. Others are called to youth. Other, you know, others are called to mow the lawn. There's all different things we can do because we have different spiritual gifts and because the Holy Spirit works differently in each of us and calls us to different situations. But the action we all can do is pray. Now, using that story in Mark 1, 
when Jesus healed the leper, and through the story of Matthew 9, of Jesus telling his disciples to pray because they're lost, we see firsthand how Jesus, God, Jesus, showed compassion. He was called to action, and he laid hands on people with physical action to heal them. And he spoke of the kingdom of God, and he mentors his disciples. Those are all actions. But he also showed that people need spiritual help. They need to be healed spiritually. And we need to be moved with compassion to the lost so that we can bring them into the life. They are helpless little sheep. They're lost. We need to bring them into the light. We need to bring them into the love. The love that you all show every day through your prayers and through your actions and helping each other out. Now, an interesting thing, I want to tell you another story. Because like I said, you guys are doing great things. I want you to be encouraged. But the power of prayer, too, cannot be understated. Last summer... I was spent uh, a month in Spain, right? The, many of you know I was on the Camino de Santiago, and I walked 250 miles across the northern part of Spain. And very early on, I got the nickname Pastor Mike, right? And, I, and it took me 250 miles to figure out why, right? Because it wasn't like I was on the street corner with the Bible preaching the gospel, it wasn't, even, you know, it wasn't like I was in the restaurants reading scripture and, and showing Jesus, right? All I did on three separate occasions, only three, was pray for somebody. All right? The first time I saw, it was really early on, right after Amy left, it was probably day six, I saw a woman walk up with her hands like this. All right? And you could tell she was a little guarded, feeling very painful. And like instinctively, I'm like, this isn't right. So I said, how are you, you okay? Oh, my hands are killing me today. And I'm like, can I pray over you? And with the look of her eyes of like just submission and thanks, she said, yes, please. I said, okay, can I touch your hands? Yes, please. So I put her hands in mine and I prayed over her hands. All right. It felt like an easy thing to do to me. The second instance like, everybody had blisters, right? Including me. Like, I, the first half an hour I was walking out of town, I was limping because my feet were so bad. But this man's feet were so bad, he had to stay in the town for a week hoping they would heal enough so he could finish his walk. I'm like, man, can I pray for your feet? He's like, oh, please, man, thanks. So I prayed over his feet, healing for his feet. Less pain. And then the last time I saw somebody who had eczema so bad on her arm, she couldn't wear a long sleeve shirt because it was so painful. I'm like, can I pray for you? Yeah. Now, those three instances, like, I couldn't figure out, why did they call me Pastor Mike? Right? I didn't feel like I did anything special. I really only prayed three times. But then I realized, for the people on the Camino de Santiago and the people out there, they don't see prayer. It's so odd to them, and it was so odd to those pilgrims, that simple prayer was just out of their realm. It was so out of their realm and so foreign to them that they gave me the title Pastor Mike. Prayer is powerful. And when you can't be moved to action to show compassion, we have to be moved to know 
the prayer's action. Would you pray with me? Lord God, I thank you for this morning and I thank you for your people and all the good things they are doing and how they are moved with compassion into action, Lord God. And I thank you that they are praying, church, and that prayer is action. And we thank you for this day. Amen.